What's going on, guys? George, Casey here, Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel. Hope everybody's... Hatless. Huh? Hat, yeah, hatless, everybody's... <laughs> no hats today, yeah, no hats. I got a fresh haircut, so I figure I'll not wear a hat. Kudos to my barber for me being, you know, having the, having the, the strength to not wear a hat today. Normally, I'm having a bad hair day today. I'm not having one, so... What's going on? Hope everybody had a fun weekend. I know I didn't do much of anything except for my birthday. Uh, I, I kind of did do. A, I, I did a lot. My brother surprised me from Miami, so that's one. He shows oh, up awesome. on my doorstep. That was pretty cool. You know, you get your brother to come in. You don't expect him. I hadn't seen him for five years, so um, <laughs> that was eventful. And then Sunday we went to Cowboys Giants football game, and that was pretty fun too. So that was more than fun. That was that was awesome. So. Um, other than the weather and the wind and everything kicking up throughout the uh, throughout the tailgate, that was pretty fun, um, to say the least. Casey, what's going on, man? Not a lot, man. We got Will in here in the chat already saying happy birthday, George. Show some love. Uh, Troy Abercrombie in here, David Statham, Bracket Racer 9662, 9622. I think I say that wrong a lot. Everybody's yes, saying um... happy birthday to George. <laughs> so. Yeah, man, your brother lived right down the road from me in Goldsboro, and then all of a sudden I moved here, and like six months later, he's like, oh, I live in Miami now. I'm like, come on, man. Yep, <laughs> what yep. are you doing? He got out of Dodge pretty quick, and uh, hopefully he'll be in Texas pretty soon. That's what I'm hoping for anyway. Uh, get him down here, maybe get him some runs and mow. I'm pretty sure we could double enter that bad boy somewhere. Um, nobody like, nobody really knows that he knows how to drag race, too. It shouldn't be a shocker, right? We come from a drag racing family. Everybody... Uh, who, who, you know, you have a brother, you have a sister. We all go to the racetrack. Everybody goes. I, at one point, the only one who wasn't going was my mom, you know. So, um, but definitely, uh, definitely a drag racing family. And uh, hopefully we'll get him in here, here too, uh, down in Texas pretty soon. Bob Welch, what's going on, man? Cody Newman, I see you out there. Thanks for the happy birthday shout out. And uh, hopefully you got some things going on coming soon. I know you have uh, been getting rained on and kind of, spit on pretty good every time he goes to the track. What do you think, Casey? Man, I'm telling you, I'm reading over here. Troy Abercrombie's writing me like a, a novel over here. Mm -hmm. Greg Anderson got 98 wins this week. Caps with the ghost ride out the top of the car. I don't know what he's talking about on that. I haven't seen that recap yet. Lyle Barnett won a Wally in, uh, in Pro Mod in a turbo car, I believe. Yep. He said NHRA was fire this weekend. That's the truth, man. The uh, It was really cool to see after everything Lyle Barnett's been through catching on fire, almost dying uh, in, uh, I think, his uh, no-prep car or something like that, and then ended up getting into the HRA and ended up winning winning a Wally over there, so that's really cool for him, man. So uh, we don't talk in HRA much on this channel, but uh, that was a pretty cool weekend, I'd say. I think a lot so. Of history. Uh, I think, though, the, the stampede of speed, um, I'm not missing that next year. I'm not missing that at all. Next, I mean, I'm going to at least catch two or three days of that. That stampede of speed went on from like Monday to Monday, it seems like. So, uh, no wonder. <laughs> well, they had a test back. session. They, they did. were letting fuel cars even test uh, the week, like a couple days before. They never do that. <laughs> they did. They let them test. Hey, Kenny Oliver, I see you in here. David Hearn. We are not starting over. You're on time. <laughs> You're on time, buddy. David Ferguson, what's up, man? Everybody, thanks for joining in. Hey, open discussion. Uh, we may or may not have a, a decent topic. I mean, uh, this topic that we're going to, you know, kind of talk about early on, feel free to chime in. But it's kind of, you know, near and dear to my heart a little 
that I kind of feel for some of these, uh, you know, these creators and, and uh, people who can actually do it pretty well and not get the kudos for it. So not to let too many, uh, too many tidbits out of the, out of the hat there, but uh, we're going to have a good conversation about it. Chad, if I could say your last name, I'm going to try it. I think it's Wise Carver. Chad Wise Carver. Friday night qualifying was like a WWE match. <laughs> LOL, Pyro's music. That probably was pretty neat. I know they had a, quite a few bands there. Rich Comer's in here. Um, you wasn't 40 on the tree, was you, Rich? Uh, hey, we got, <laughs> we got Sean Pinkerton over here saying he figured out YouTube and is moving up in the world. That's coming <laughs> on over. Troy's, <laughs> Troy's over here talking about your love affair with Erica Enders, saying everything about her in pro stock. We'll let that slide right now, nah. George. We don't even need to talk about that because that'll take sure. up the entire hour. Champs over here says he's getting his getting his windshield time in. I thought he had to work late. I don't know if he's working right now. I think he's on the but, road. He's going cross road. It seems like some about hey seven G taking him wherever he wants to go. That's what it said on his Snapchat. So he's driving. He, and he sent us a text right before this show. He said he actually has a uh, phone call set up tonight for the Chance Bottom Bowl Bash. Two five Ks foot break only. One hundred fifty dollars for the entire weekend. So you double enter two five Ks three hundred bucks. He's got a phone call with the track manager to try to set a date for that next year. You're not going to want to miss that. Showing a little love to the footbreakers. Champs footbreaker himself. Be a great race. He's going to have a ton of giveaways. He's got a lot of people getting ready to participate in this. Um, little Birdie told me that they might even be giving away some converters, possibly. Nice. So we all know those. what do those cost nowadays, George? I mean, they're $1,000. You know? know. So All I know is go 2900 on that thing. You know, hey. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> he'll probably be there himself going twenty nine hundred on it. You know, but I would say so. I'd have him to say, and Foley both. I'm sure. Yep, I'll, I'll probably be there myself. And uh, stay away from me in the lanes unless you just want to give me. Because if I'm letting go on, if I'm foot breaking, swapping feet, ain't no telling what's getting ready to happen. It might be a gimme for you. So you see <laughs> George out there just hey. try to hunt me down. I don't know, but if uh, all else fails, yeah. If all else fails, Champ, by the way, said, so we got Team 14 in the house over here. Champ over here said they're $1,200. Ask me how I know. Yeah, I know. So, yep. uh, yeah, if all else fails, George, I guess we'll just hang out in the tower. Maybe we'll get on the mic. You don't know. We need to get Dylan Green on the mic. He, he randomly just decided he was going to be announcer the other day whenever I was standing up by the water box with him. And he sounded about like an announcer you would have imagined in, like, 1972 or something. He had the voice going and everything. So, that's we'll have to get him up there, too. Yeah, Maybe we'll go live from there. I feel like I was going to say the same thing. We'll probably wind up going live somehow, either via cell phone, test that out. It's in Coastal Plains. I don't have a clue how the Internet connection is. If anybody knows that frequents Coastal Plains, um, let me know if that's just going to be a waste of time. Because if I can't get a good Internet connection, well, we won't have a, a live stream. But... Maybe you'll get some video off my GoPro regardless. You know, it'll be pretty funny to watch me try to hit the bottom anyway. So <laughs> anyway, hey, man, you know, as always, going bracket racing. We got the drag champ minute. Thanks over there to the drag champ. Um, we can't can't thank you enough. You guys hang in there. Get a look at the drag champ minute. What's up, guys? Gary Don here back again with another drag champ minute where we bring you what's hot in sportsman drag racing. And this week, we have got a big update for you. So let's kick it off in Division 4, where in the last week, we had a points race and two nationals. And there was no bigger story than the Emmons family out of Pasadena, Texas. They pulled off the triple-double at those three races. So starting at Noble, Oklahoma a week ago, 
Jam and Jerry win stock. His brother Terry wins super stock. They roll into Dallas a couple of days later, and on Wednesday, Jam and Jerry's in the final again, wins the stock limerary national event at the rain-delayed Houston National. And his brother Speedy, the old elder statesman of the of the brothers, uh, gets a win. I think his first win in about eight years in Superstock. Roll around to Sunday for the Dallas Fall Nationals, and who's in the final again? But two Emmons brothers. Speedy is in the Superstock final again, where he fell short to Kuda Hidalgo, and Jam and Jerry gets his third, makes his third final round appearance in in a week. And comes up short in the final, just missing out on the on their third double of the week. We also had our good buddy JL Jimmy Lewis won his third national event this year in the top sportsman class at Dallas. So congrats go out to JL and Phyllis there. Then we have even more news coming out of Dallas. So Supergas had two nationals, obviously. Uh the same final in both. A dub, Austin Williams runs Jerry DeBusk on Wednesday for the Spring Nationals final. Uh, A-Dub goes tooth out red, heading the wind to the busk. They turn around on Sunday and the same two meet up again. This time, A-Dub comes up big for the win. Uh, DeBusk will take the win and the runner-up. And A-Dub continues to just dominate at the national level and collect, I believe, his 16th national event win. From there, we move over to the bracket racing side. A couple of names that we've heard before here just recently. So a few weeks ago at the Jim Harrington Bracket Nationals, Mike Barber won $50,000. I think he ran himself in the semis at that race. This week, he goes to the Mutton Jeff Fall Brawl and wins 20K in his little Fox Body Mustang. And last but not least, Bryson Scruggs. I know you've heard that name lately. I think he ran, made two 25K finals at the Derby City a few weeks ago. He goes to Bowling Green and wins a 10K. So. That is a full update for the Drag Champ Minute. For more news and updates, follow dragchamp.com. Back to you guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Drag Champ over there, Gary Don, and uh, and everything you do for us here, us, us bracket racers, racers in general. Hey, doesn't matter. Thanks for what you do, providing a platform for people to be able to get their, their name heard a little bit, uh, keep us in the know on what's going on. Um, and um, definitely highlight some things. I don't know if you highlighted it or not. I'm going to highlight it myself. I'm pretty sure Gary Don, your son, he might have went back-to-back these last two weekends in a row from what I saw. So certainly kudos to, to Mr. Drag Champ Jr. is what I'm going to call you. Uh, Drag <laughs> Champ Jr. over there taking care of business. I heard he was on the tree and driving the other end like no other in that junior dragster. So certainly a shout-out from going bracket racing to Drag Champ Jr. Yeah, and that's what they're that's what they're for man people forget about that that you know a lot of people try to treat treat junior dragsters like t-ball and they try to be like oh i'm gonna get them you know like you know how you get those t-ball parents are like oh you got to get the the most expensive cleats you got to get the those gold cleats you got to get the, the gold batting gloves you got to get all this all this fancy stuff you know but at the end of the day whenever those junior dragsters whenever they get thrown to the wolves whenever they're 16 years old you can throw as much money as you want at it but they aren't, it's not going to help them out. They need to use junior dragsters as a learning experience and then step up into the big cars, knowing more what they're doing, where they have building blocks rather than, you know, just getting in, getting their teeth kicked in and being like, well, I'm not interested in this anymore because guess what, George, it's not as fun when you're not winning all the time. <laughs> you well, know? That's, that's true. And, and everybody knows my story. I didn't come up through junior dragsters, so I had to create a way to do it. Either it's going to be on a computer. It's probably why I'm so technical savvy in the first place. I spent a lot of time working on computers, uh, building a race car on this, that, and third, and learning different programs and stuff. But 
I even learned how to use race pack when I was young. So you wonder why I'm going to have a race pack with, you know, the systems to be able to read all the graphs. Well, I already know how to do that from playing video games, uh, <laughs> supposedly, right? So I can try to put all that into a real car. But, but uh, yeah, man, uh, without, without foot braking, my little Cavalier, I said I'd never let go on the bottom, but I have let go on the bottom. Don't. Don't don't put it past me to go double off the bottom either, guys. I'm just gonna be <laughs> honest to you. So, but uh, without that, I feel like I would have came in with a lot less confidence. Uh, I think that uh, junior direction drivers they get a, a real good feel for finish line or excuse me, uh, uh, final round jitters. You know, your 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 eight cars left. You got the bye run going into the finals jitters and how to make sure you c- complete a run so you at least got a good a good baseline for what you're about to do in the finals. Well, they get a chance to do that, and that's uh, it's crucial to our sport. I mean, grooming the next generation, what do you think? Exactly, man. We got MMR just joined in over here in the chat, says he's at a truck stop in Louisiana. What in the world are you doing down there, MMR? You got to let us know. Let us know in the chat over there, man. Uh, but anyway, George, man, what have, what's been going on this week? I've just been – this weekend, I did a ton of work on the Firebird, finally got the – Wiring all done on that car and got it to the point where I might need a couple more zip ties, tidy some things up, but 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 it's all wired, everything works, it's good to go. Um, if I had to, if I had the motor ready and put it in right now, we'd be ready to go racing, but we're not. Um, in fact, on the other side of this camera right here, there's about nine or ten boxes worth of race car parts that all individually will work together, but don't the way they're sitting. Uh-huh. So. Uh, Nah, man. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. Top Fuel 173, what's up? Thanks for coming back, man. We uh, we saw you in here last week, too. Um, no, I just wanted to kind of put this out there, man. I've been learning so much stuff by 100% redoing this car. Like, I've seen all the parts individually, and, I mean, my dad's built cars since I was born, you know? Um, and I'm not talking one or two. I'm talking lots of cars. And I've seen stuff assembled and I've, I've seen stuff just not really engaged with it, I guess, so much. And I'm one of those people that I got to hold stuff in my hands to actually understand it and do it myself. And I've been learning so much stuff. I had to take the rear end out of this car because it's got a 513 rear end gear in it right now. Well, I'm putting a big block in it. And that's too much gear for even the smallest big block, really. Right. So I'm taking that out so I don't have to calm it down so much with the grid and everything. So I took the whole rear end out because it's a Dana and they're a pain to work on under the car. So I took the whole rear end out. Well, because I had to do that, I had to take the ladder bars off. And I understood how they worked, but to get an actual visual of this swings this way on this pivot, which you knew already, but then this kind of adds, everything starts adding up in your hand. You're like, oh, that's why I adjust this on the shocks. And that's why I do this setting on extension and this setting on compression. And it allows this and allows that. And I took the single adjustable shocks that were on it right now, which I finally lucked out for once. Same size shocks that are on the Nova, but those are double adjustable. So I'm going to swap them. But it, it, the thing I never realized was a strange single adjustable shock. The knob actually is only adjusting the extension rate. It's not adjusting... 50 50 like i thought and you only learn that stuff by taking it off and messing with it yourself yep you know yep. so it's, it's definitely uh I can't wait to see some uh some video footage as uh, guys casey's gonna be behind the camera quite a bit with some in-depth uh how-to's over the winter i'm pretty sure so we've got a 
nice little pile of those starting to uh, to accumulate on the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel. Yet you can go over and try to see them, but they're all set to private. You can't see them yet. But while you're there, hit that subscribe button, and then when they do drop, you'll be able to see it. But uh, definitely uh, going to be some good things going on this weekend. Uh, we got some first-time viewers in here. I went up here, and I, I saw the name, but I can't find the post anymore uh, to shout the name out. I think it's Bob Welsh. She says, uh, what area are you guys racing from? I'm in Texas, North Texas. Uh, Sherman, Texas is what I call home. Uh, not too far from West Buck, I think. I think West Buck's in here, guys. So, um West Buck, I'll tell you what, I heard him do a call of a race at Texas Motor, Motor, Motorplex this past weekend. They need to hire you, brother. That was the most excited I've heard anybody get on the microphone about a drag race in a very, very long time. And uh, I bet you you got a job off of that, man. I almost guarantee somebody going to have you uh, call a race next year at the same race. So, <laughs> um, But, yeah, uh, David Hearn, come on, George. Say it right now. <laughs> 20 Somebody's asking me who's the best pro stock driver in, in the in the world right now. The don't lead him on. Don't mm -hmm. lead him on. Lead me on. Like it. We don't need to talk an entire hour again about Eric Anders. We're, everybody does that. No, man. The uh, we got a lot of people showing up in here now. Uh, MMR saying that uh, he's getting ready to set up power hour for tonight. Cameron Caruso and Justin Ashley on there. That'll be a good show. I heard there were some uh, fireworks, to say the least, between Justin Ashley and Elite. So ask might him about been that in the for MMR. Might it have might been. have been. I'll, I'll save that from MMR. I'm sure he's going to break that down pretty good. I heard about exactly. it too, you know. Uh, tune in to uh, Monday Morning Racer, guys, tonight. Uh, actually, it is the, not, it's Competition Power Hours tonight, actually. Monday Morning Racers on Thursdays. Check out Competition Power Hour tonight, Mr. Lee Craft. Uh, he'll be on, and he'll probably break down some of the happenings. As I know, he was there. I was kind of mad I didn't get a chance to go, even if it was just to meet Lee. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm an hour away, but I had my kids because my wife was in Vegas. So uh, there were some things going on, so uh, I didn't get a chance to go down there. But you know how that goes. You know how that Frenzel goes. Garage, Warsaw, Poland, watching right now, 11.30 p.m. Thanks for hanging in there, man. We appreciate that. Got I race slow cars. <laughs> Good evening, guys. What's up? Uh, Eric Sandlin says, happy birthday, George. Thank you. Thank you. So, Kevin Noy, no excuses. Going in. No, ex no excuses, Kevin Noy, man. I, I just, I could have brought the kids and both of them sick. Both, one of them had strep throat. I had to take them to the doctor Friday and the other has sinus infections or something else. So, it's just too much going on. That sounded like another excuse, doesn't it? It was. MMR says, that was Josh Hart's crew, not Justin Ashley's crew. Gotcha. So, something about a trailer. Gotcha. But, uh, Got Alan Boykin in here. I see that uh, Justin's not joining us tonight, Alan. You'll have to give him the business about that tomorrow, man. That's uh, unacceptable, to say the least. Right. Uh, no, man. So I'm going to scroll back up here because during the Drag Champ Minute, we were talking about this. Sean Pinkerton was saying he wanted to talk about timing systems here. It seems like NHRA has had a few issues and seems like AccuTime is having some issues with red lights while cars are still in the beams. Have companies overcomplicated the systems? I mean, I would say I, I don't 100% know uh, what you're talking about right now, but I did see that there was, I think, a pro stock that had staged, and the bottom bulb I don't think went out, but he was redlined. Correct. Correct. That's just one of the instances, too. I think I watched Eddie Krawick do it a couple times, or, or I might have even watched, uh, uh, what's the other Harley rider? Uh, Hines? Hines. He, but I think he moved, though, and stage lock caught him. 
So I can understand when you got a camera on something, you can see visibly a movement. But I guess they're saying that one of the pro stocks might have been sitting too low and caused something to trigger this, that, and another, and it gave them a... What I didn't like is it gave them an actual reaction time. So to answer the question, do I think they're overcomplicating it? Leads, it, it will help us into our next segment as well, Casey, in my opinion. Are they overcompensating it? I don't think they are. I think we are moving to a new era of the sport where there are things that we need to perfect. And to perfect something, you, you got to fail forward, or, or put it this way. I hope you fail forward, don't fail backwards. That's in life in general, if you want me to be honest. you got to fail to get good at something, and I think that's what's going on with these timing systems right now. And as far as the uh, the pro stock was too low, realistically, can NHRA use that excuse? Because they have rules in the rule book that you can only be, I think, three inches or three and a half inches off the ground in a pro stock, so did Tech not pay attention? Because that's still their fault. <laughs> so if I look at this correctly, Kevin always saying Aaron Stanfield's the one who we're talking about here, and he had something hanging down underneath this car. Probably I don't a seatbelt seat belt or what? You know what I mean? Could have been a strap. But, they, or something. but that wouldn't affect staging though, because it was too far so back. far back, right? So it had to have been something, maybe an engine diaper or uh, straps or something. But you wouldn't think that do it either. No, that might be that might be the case because where an engine diaper holds on is it holds on the front header bolts and the back header yep. bolts yep. so that if that wasn't tight and it was hanging down it could be far enough forward depending on the engine setback that it might have been behind the tire or it might have blown from exhaust or from wind or whatever that probably was it i bet you it was it i almost guarantee it too so but they said a strap was hanging down and that caused the red light well i don't but like they might run belly pants true whatever the case was is probably some type of safety device it was on a pro stock number one Right. Um, you know, and it could have been on a funny car too. Fine, I don't care. But the moral of the story is, to, and going back to Sean's question, is it getting too complicated? We are having problems, but we can't make change. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I need to take my own advice here. Uh, that <laughs> change, I'm not very good with change. You know, I go to a restaurant, and after you've been to that restaurant with me a few times, I probably don't even have to order for myself because I get the same thing every single time. So somebody be like, George wants this. And I'll be like, yep, you got it, man. Good job, good job. Right? But that's kind of what everybody's feeling with these changes. True start, for crying out loud. I don't like true start. But is that is that eventually going to overcomplicate things? Well, that's uh, actually somebody, I just saw that in here. It's probably Sean again, um, was saying, yeah, true start stage locks, et cetera. The more, the more they add, the more issues we see. Well, that's true because at the end of the day, uh, I know, uh, so I always, I've, I've worked with AutoCAD for several years and AutoCAD in the beginning, when I first started working with it, it wasn't by far, it wasn't the very first rendition of it, but I know whenever I was starting working with it in 2010, uh, you know, 2010, started to have a little bit of lags and then 2012 had a little more lag and then it had a little more because they kept building and building and building on the exact same thing and it's kind of the way i kind of uh correlate that with electronics being not the tech savvy person that george is i always kind of correlate that with uh or or make it i i think of it as similar to if you have a car with body filler on it and then you have a crack and you put more body filler on it and then you have another crack and you put more body filler on it at the end of the day all those cracks are still there and they're going to keep cracking 
True. And it's going to keep falling off and things like that. And you're just putting band-aids over it. You're not actually fixing it the right way. And maybe that's what they're doing. And to Sean's question and to his point, man, that really crushed Aaron Stanfield's chances of winning something. So not not let's put it this way. Stage up in in down on the right before the split. Stage up right there, right before the split. Get get a red light thrown at you. You didn't move. You didn't get timed out. You were staged first even, so you couldn't have done both, right? Get a red light thrown at you, and then them tell you, I don't know why it happened. Oh, there must have been something hanging down under your car. That's right before the – let's make it the split of the million. Who's going to be happy or okay with that? It's almost like shouldn't we be trying out some of these things before they go live? But at the same time, on another spectrum, how can you? You kind of got to get the real – live feel of how this is going to work in live action to be able to know how to finagle it. So I like that question for sure. Guys, don't forget, this is open discussion. Uh, well, I sit here and read Bob Welch's uh, comment. Bob says, Catfish had an issue with the nose of a dragster being pushed down, so it was breaking the staging beams at Kill Care. You see what I mean? That's a malfunction of not only, not the system, but the race car itself. So if the race car is malfunctioning, at least make it known right off the bat to at least clear whatever timing system you're you're using, and put it actually on what what's the issue. Well, I do know that uh, I saw some articles. MMR can probably tell us about this because he's in the know about all that stuff. But uh, I did see that I don't know if it was Compulink <clears throat> or who it was, but. I'm fairly certain that Texas uh, was the first race that CompuLink said, we want to rewire everything or we want to do this or we want to do that. And NHRA said, no, we're not doing that. So they said, okay, we're not going to have any staff on site for any issues. And I wonder if that had any correlation with it. You're definitely on par um, with with some things that I've read and heard where there were some, there's, I guess there's normally a couple of provided techs, a couple of tech savvy geniuses behind the acting timing system in the first place, whatever it's called, uh, CompuLink, sorry. And they're, they're, uh, they're on site at the NHRA events to make sure things don't happen. Well, it's, it's the same thing, guys. You gotta be able to test. You gotta be able to figure out how's this gonna work. You have a uh, 10,000 horsepower going down the track. Well, is it vibration proof? Is everything going to hold together with all that vibration coming down? Everybody knows Funny Car shakes the earth. And if you don't know, well, I think you need to go to an NHRA event at least one time and take somebody with you because you'll be back after you go the first time. I'm sure everyone in here has been to an NHRA event of some sort. I would have to guess. But um, it's just that testing thing, man. That's a great question. It's a great thought process. And uh, the change is definitely part of my disdain for, for, uh, for True Start. So, hey, we can talk about that over blue in the face. You already know my stance there. But now, Casey, we had some other good things going on that we wanted to discuss. And don't forget, guys, it's open, open discussion. If you got an idea you want to hear, want to talk about, want to get the chat buzzing over it, let's do it. You know, that's, uh, that's what we're out here for today. But what do you think, Casey? I, I see it all the time, and I'm going to continue to comment on it. I scroll through Facebook. It doesn't matter what website I'm on. It could be a, a drag racing site. It could be a, a NASCAR site, whatever. I, I don't generally look at NASCAR sites, but <laughs> dirt track site. I, I have looked at some dirt track, dirt track sites every now and then. 
where people are always asking, hey, I need this, but it has to be name brand. Again, I think I might have mentioned this once before on a stream that we've had. Those, that, those words, name and brand, are going to pull us backwards, in my opinion. I want your guys' thoughts on it as well. But if we continue to keep shouting this name brand, who's going to be here to take over when said name brand is not here anymore? You know, it's right. not like everybody's going to be able to to be a West May right after West May's done for carburetors. Not every, everybody's not going to be able to continue FTI when all the FTI boys are gone. But what are we going to do after that? Are we going to say, oh, I want this, but we don't have name brand anymore? What is it with the name brand? That makes us not want to try somebody's, someone news, you know, their, their ingenuity. I think for, in my opinion, first of all, the reason that it's name brand is because we all know, for example, we all know Danny Nelson builds great cars. He has for probably, I don't know, probably 30 years now, probably, right. uh, maybe more. But uh, so I would say for the guy who is getting into something and has no one to rely on, no friends, no no parent, no, uh, I guess nobody trustworthy to inspect what they're going for. At that point, you know, for example, Danny Nelson, you know you know what that car is gonna be like. You know, it's gonna be quality. Uh, you know that uh, Brodex cylinder heads, you know that they're gonna be quality. Uh, you know that Dart's gonna be quality stuff. You know, like you just know this stuff. Uh, you know, and, and engine parts are kind of a different story on things because now we're dealing with inferior materials and where it comes from and things like that. But I would say that's the only time it does matter. But I also would say that most times in a scenario of a bracket racer, so to speak, you're not going to be in that scenario because to get into bracket racing, you have to have it. You almost have to have a buddy to get you into it or a going bracket racing YouTube channel or something like that. But you always have references. Uh, so I wouldn't say you were ever hundred percent in the dark about it now. Uh, but I would say also, I don't believe that name brand necessarily matters to the extent that everybody acts like it does. I believe that if you have an idea of what you're looking for, like on a car, you need to inspect the welds. What do the welds look like? They look like they were stick welded in a farm, you know, barn somewhere in a horse barn. Uh, do the, do they look like they were TIG welded together? Do they look like they were MIG welded together? MIG welding's fine too. Uh, you know, stuff like that. It's do you know what you're looking at? Uh, and there's plenty of places out there where you can get this type of information. Like like I said, Golden Bracket Racing YouTube channel, the whole community page in uh, on the Golden Bracket Racing Facebook page. There's plenty of people in there that you can uh, talk to, uh, you know, that that are these big names that have no problem saying, yeah, get that. No, don't get that. Hey, send me a picture. People don't have a problem looking at a picture on their phone. A lot of people know the car. True, true. I got a comment here from Bob Welch. He says, large company backing the product. It makes sense, you know, where let's say a product has, you know, it's gone through its ups, its downs, but it made it to its way up. A company has now began to back it um, off the top of my head. Let's just say FTI. Was FTI always the large? I don't know, right? But was this always the best of the best converter and transmissions out there? No, it wasn't. Right. It couldn't have been. They've tested. They've perfected their craft. Now they're delivering a, 
a supremely good product. But again, it's right. a larger company, you know. Um, and if, and so, if they're not, if they're not the best, they're one of the best out there. And I don't remember hearing FTI like I hear about them now. Right. I don't remember hearing about them in my earlier years. Like I, I don't remember hearing about them 20 years ago. Not on the level that I do right now, you know. And it's, uh, it, it's just, it's kind of like you always say. Your thing you've always said is. Isn't the whole point like the re realistically racing has always been there to test products. I mean, do you realize pro charger actually is not really interested in winning races on the drag strip. They actually are interested in putting their stuff through hell and back, which drag racers do. And it just so happens that they're winning and that's cool. But pro charger just wants them to actually test out their products. Cause they know if a racer can't break it, then somebody on the street isn't going to break it. It's a good point. You know, it's it's testing, you know, um, and most of these companies come with pretty big guarantees sometimes, not all the time, especially not in our sport. You know, or, you know you'll get into what Kevinoid says here. How's the customer service? You run into somebody who's got good customer service and their product would be easy, in my opinion, to want to to want to be on board with. Customer service is the way of the world right now. You get poor customer service and and somebody says something about it. In today's age, social media, heck, going bracket racing, 830 something subscribers. If I say something negative about said product, 830 people are going to hear that negativity. And then how many people are they going to share it with? So, relationship wise, customer service wise, quality of product, Kevin was dropping a list of this is how companies become main brand. Okay. Right. So well, Sean's saying over here, FTI started selling parts and being online tech forums. That man hustled and built his business. Great example of reward for the effort you put in. Correct. Exactly right. And correct. that's and that's exactly kind of tying into what you said, man. If you offer a great product and you get people to start talking about said product and, and it's good words because you do a good job, then you become a household name. But at one point Every single person out there, guess what? Jerry Bickle, who builds all the all the pro stock cars, or Jerry Haas builds all the pro stock cars. At one point, they were a nobody and didn't know what they were doing. And let, let me go on a little further. Let me let me just do it like this. Hey guys, man, I know this good company, Champs Performance. If you need a part, I swear I'll have it to you in two days. I, I'm a living proof, Casey. Didn't you get a part in like two days the other day from Champs Performance? You see how far yeah. a comment <laughs> like that goes? Instead of, man, I, I bought this one piece of junk from somebody and it, it, it just didn't work right. Well, who's to say that that piece of junk that you bought, that's what failed you? It's the hard part right. about it all. You just want to point the finger at it instead of try it out. So, I don't it's, know. It's, it's like, it's it's like Eric says here. Some of these companies get too big and then their customer service goes down. You know, so it's like there's a threshold there. It's like... They want you to be this big name brand thing, so that way they feel confident in buying your stuff. But now you got too many irons in the fire, and the product actually is lesser quality sometimes, but you're still paying the premium for it. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, man. It's a controversial topic, but I guarantee you guys, you look hard enough, you don't even have to. You'll look through the forums. Somebody's looking for something that's name brand, okay? And in actuality, I'm going to say something else that's, you know, that's, you know, controversial. 
I don't care if it's a Nelson. I don't care if it's a, a Dart, a, a, a Link, a, 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 a Mollus. I don't care what it is. If your name's Jason Lynch or or Sean, Jeff Sarah or 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 um, what's his name, Mr. Bracket Racer with the Cowboy, if it's Johnny Bracket Racer, <laughs> right? Chances are they're gonna win in whatever you built. I don't, I don't care what it is, you know. So, man, it, it, it's all controversial topics. I love controversial topics. I just want to know what you guys think. And it's starting to come through. Cody Newman yeah. says, "I'll take that bet, George." Just kidding. The cust the customer is always. <laughs> Custom always holds stuff. Oh, yeah. he's got to go through customs. I get what he's saying. I get what he's saying. <laughs> yep. I get you, Cody. Dragon <laughs> says over here that uh, BTE, he says he loves BTE's customer service 20 plus years in business. Yeah, I've never heard anything bad about them either. My dad always touts them too, man. But uh, speaking of somebody you just said, Johnny Ezel, who builds his chassis, George? Isn't that guy's name Johnny Ezel? No. And doesn't he win just as much as anybody? Yeah, man, I, I think so. Is that is that name brand now? I don't think it is. Well, but shouldn't it be? But it seems it seems like he's in the winner's circle just as much as anybody, if not more. Car's gonna be painted well. I think I think Galitti might have ran a, a, a Johnny Ezel chassis at one point, if I'm not mistaken. What That's was right. he doing? Winning. That's right. Okay, so I actually I don't know that that might be the car that he crashed at the million and didn't die in. That, that, well. Well, thank the Lord he didn't die. You know what I mean? But these cars work. That's all I know. You know, um, we got another another comment over here. Can our performance guys are great. They will talk your ear off trying to figure something out. <laughs> I love it. David Ferguson says Johnny. Yeah, he said doesn't JBR build his own cars? David, Johnny Bracker Racer builds his own cars, and you will see them. And a number of finals. If you did this year, you'll see it again next year. So that's right. It, look, that's just the point, you know. And eventually, eventually, stay as long as you guys can who, who make the way for our sport. But somebody's going to have to come after, no matter what. Somebody's going to have right. to go after them. Well, know? and the thing is, too, man, is like the general rule of thumb I always kind of think is that if if something looks nice. Like I'm talking on the interior, everybody can shine something up and make it look nice on the outside. But if the interior looks nice, if the underside looks nice, it was worth taking care of. So it's probably not junk. You know, like people aren't gonna, in a door car scenario, people aren't gonna clean the underside of, the, of a door car. Like you can't just get under there and spray it because there's too many wires and all kinds of stuff over there. It's not supposed to get high pressure water on it. And there's gonna be rubber packed all over it and that kind of stuff. You can tell more on a door car versus a dragster what what the quality is. But I can tell you right now, there's plenty of door cars out there winning races that are probably have been race cars before we were even born. That's and we're fact. not young anymore. Well, that's a fact. You know? And 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 to, to I won't name names here, but there's a guy here who builds motors in Texas. He frequents our show all the time. I'm not going all the way to Illinois to have a motor freshened when there's a guy here who does it. So a lot of people, they don't even know this guy yet, right? But I do. I'm going to practice what I preach when I have to. Hopefully I don't got to do that anytime soon. My wallet is kind of bent, you know. So if I'm going to an engine guy, that's, you're thinking about spending a little bit of money, right? But... It's just case in point. There's people around here who can do what we need to be done and who could have a good a good name brand at doing it if we'd help them grow it. That's why I like it. That's why I like going bracket racing. 
because we can sit here and bring those types of things out. So, um, yeah, man, it's it's a controversial topic, though. It is. Um, it's definitely not something that is easily easy to swallow at by any means. We got uh, got a newbie in here, George. Flop Jen says, "Hey, first time actually catching y'all live. What do you recommend for a good 7.0 and 5.80?" engine combo coming from street racing background just picked up a car to do some bracket racing so i'm assuming he's talking about index racing so i'd say for 7.0 i mean you can pretty much run anything i'd i'd say just put a 383 in it and then that way you always know you can go 7.0 but True. 580 i would say probably a 468 or 496 or, or a bigger small block uh in a chassis car it'd work um my nova isn't isn't light it's it's over 3,000 pounds with me in it with a with an iron-headed big block, and it runs – it's ran 606 before with 468 with just 990 iron heads. I would say that car, if you put a 406 in it, uh, it'd probably go 60s. so I would think you'd probably want a 427 or something if you're going to try to run 580s. Uh, if you if you want to run 580s with a big block, probably 496 would be your best bet, I would think. Yeah, and of course, depending on car. It's all about weight. Uh, you know how it goes, Casey. Like you said, your your note was pretty heavy. So um, yeah, yeah three sixty eight and small uh, three sixty eight small block in the in the S ten, it it it'll take care of business. It's not gonna run low five eighties, but it'll get in the five eighties when I'm when I'm done with it. Okay, um, and and if I if I had to be honest, if you're a beginner, I'd stay away from NOS. That's all I got. Uh, me, I don't I like nitrous, but nitrous hard on parts. So if you got the wallet, go for it. If you don't. Watch out for the nitrous. Oh, Depending on the type of street race, and he might already have bottles. He probably got some <laughs> bottles already, right? So, you know, um, but, yeah, man, dude, excellent topic. What else we got going on? Man, uh, going back to this old, uh, this this brand name th thing, it kind of led me to think about kind of what I was talking about a minute ago, where where my Nova, no, I mean, my, my car's been updated I through the years. Uh, but I actually found a old time slip in one of the crevices that where, where the back end of the car and front end of the car come together, uh, under the floorboard. And I found a handwritten time slip from Greer Dragway in 1984. I wasn't even born until 1987. So, and I can tell you right now, I've had more people offer to buy that car from me than any car I've ever had or anybody I've known as, has had. People love that car, and I'm not selling it because, first of all, I'd never get another one that's that nice for what I got in it. And second of all, that's the first car I ever 100% pretty much like got all on my own and everything. Right. So that car isn't for sale. If you ever see my name on the side of the car, that means it's not for sale because I don't put my name on my cars. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but no, anyway, man, The uh, but the point is is that as long as you keep a car up to date, it doesn't matter how old it is because you can always fix stuff. The best part about metal is that you can replace it with new metal. You know, it, it, if it wears out, then you fix it. But basically, as long as even if a car these days, if a chassis car has been crashed, I mean, uh, what's his name? Kevin Rivenbark. He had some crazy thing happen at PDRA the other day, and he ended up flipping the car upside down. And luckily, it didn't roll but it's fun around on its top and stuff, they'll probably just put a new body on that car and it'll be good to go. Probably okay. needs some struts and things like that. But I mean, there's guys who barrel roll. Well, uh, what was his name? The nitrous car, Stevie Jackson tuned that, that took flight, that Corvette. 
And he, he, at Radio Burst the World, he went like probably 60 feet up in the air and slammed down. They front half and back halfed it, and he was back racing like the next month. Yeah, even Lizzie Musi didn't she hurt that car pretty good? Yeah, that, and that she just won last week just or won. something. Just, just won. Yeah. So I mean, you're right. You can fix anything. You're right. You're right. Yeah, man. I'm, no, that's that's uh that's that's been on my mind for a while though. So I'm glad we kind of got that out of here. And uh, but as far as for this week, it's it's kind of quiet as far as from what I see this week. I don't see many races going on except for an Ardmore. I do think Cow Pasture Nationals is this week. And uh, if I wasn't dealing with some problems with my, with my car right now, I'd probably load up and go to that. Once I get back from Pennsylvania, I've got to make a trip out of town for a couple of days. But, but uh, that's, that's been going on for 50 years. You want to talk about tradition. 50 years worth of a race. Um, you know, maybe one year, Casey, you have to come down here. We'll, we'll double that bad or something. Might as well, man. I'm always down for that. This year, my wallet's a little thin because of all the previously mentioned parts that are sitting in front of me here, not assembled or ready to go. And even if they were ready to go, I spent all my money on the parts, so I don't have any money for the entry fees. So you'd have to be carrying that burden too. But uh, maybe we could, maybe we can get down in the money and pay you back. You never know. Right. Right. <laughs> Kevin always saying 572 uh, cubic inches is a pretty good, uh, pretty good, uh, pretty good way to go. Uh, 3,300 pounds. Randy Bowman said 3,300 pounds car, 422 cubic inch small block. It runs 620s to 630s. So that's nice. getting it done for a car that heavy, man. Tell me about it, right? Right. That's, that's getting it yeah, done. Yeah, man. But another thing I, I just thought of also uh, before we get off of our uh, old cars versus new cars versus name brand, et cetera, et cetera, little topic here is the thing that I always think is, first of all, name brand is always going to cost you more, is what it is. Right. Doesn't matter. Will, Will was just telling me earlier today, I was talking to him on the phone, we were talking about work stuff and then kind of got off on a tangent, but I told him uh, I told him this was going to be kind of an idea we had for tonight, and he goes, dude, I was in the exact same scenario, he was running some kind of uh, uh, like Spartan race type event, like almost like a Tough Mudder type thing in Telluride right. the other day, which he lives over that way, and he said, I needed some of this uh, Under Armour because it was cold. And he said he found the cheap stuff right next to it. And he said, I'm not gonna buy this stuff for like $80 when I can buy the stuff right next to it that looks exactly the same for one day for $25 and it worked fine. You know, but at the but at the end of the day, I guess that was kind of a like an offshoot there. But if a car has 500 runs on it and it was built in 2000, What's the difference between the car that has 500 runs on it because Troy Williams just destroyed everybody in it in 2020? You know what I mean? Because chassis technology hasn't advanced that much since then is my point. It's It would be different if you were saying 1980 to 2000, but I don't know about you, George, but I don't see many, uh, I don't see many uh, Jerry Haas X Pro Stock cars at a bracket race on your weekly racing. Not very often. Not very often. I know my uncle's got a nice Monte Carlo. They're nice. They're nice when you see them, you know. Um, you know, that's an ex-pro stock car my uncle's got. So it's either Haas or Bickle that built it. But you're talking about a nicer end car. You're talking about a, a I wish my wallet was like that type of type of car. You know what I mean? Hey, so whenever we were whenever we were younger, you know, twenty years ago, I don't remember hearing anything about American race cars twenty years ago. Because it was all about Danny Nelson, it was all about uh, it was all about race tech, you know. And they're both still around, and they're great cars. But guess what? The car to have nowadays, I don't know why, but it's an American car. 
And 20 years ago, I never heard of American Carnage. It's true. It's true. And, and the Phantom. I hear the Phantom. Name Phantom is coming up. You know, the Williams brothers put Phantom on the map. I'm pretty sure about that. You know, so there, there's But it your, all goes back to you put the Williams brothers in anything. I could, I could build something in my garage as long as it was like I couldn't. But some, my point is somebody could build something in their garage. If you put Troy or Gary, Gary Williams in it. It will shortly thereafter be in a winter circle somewhere. That's correct. So maybe that's the answer to the whole equation. Anyway, is you you won't be name brand anymore if your uh, if your creation winds up in a big winter circle, which of course yeah. is one hundred percent true. So um, yeah, man. No, it's we're coming up on an hour, you know, and uh, got about a good ten minutes left. You guys got any any good interesting things you want to hear about? Uh, shoot them in the chat. We'll shoot them out right now. What do you guys got going on this week? Any races going on? Because, um, man, I haven't heard of very many races this week except for the compact. I said IHRA World Finals are on uh, Motor Mania TV this weekend in Memphis. We'll have to check that out for sure. Maybe that's why. That's probably why there is no racing uh, right now because everybody's going to the bracket finals, you know, stuff like that. They usually block that out. Uh, Top Fuel 173 says have you guys ever thought about the impact of electric cars in the bracket racing world being more consistent that's something we're going to get into a little bit later whenever we have a little bit of extra time to kind of research that man uh, yeah. there's not a lot of stuff out there right now but i was looking at a uh, post the other day and from what i saw the the tesla that was running actually wasn't as consistent as i thought it would be um, I don't know if that's because it's running out of charge or what. Now, if they could somehow keep it charged, I guess, it should theoretically be more consistent. The one thing that I would say it would have an advantage is it, first of all, if it was a full-blown race car, like what they ran at the national event the other day in that Mustang or something. But if you're racing that at a place like Bristol where the air changes like crazy and you could be – the guy in front of you could break out by two, and then a guy ten pairs back all of a sudden all of a sudden runs three above. You know, at that point, I would say it makes a big difference. Um, but as of right now, I'm not really seeing as much of a correlation with um, them being super consistent remember, as I thought. You remember the conversation we were having about uh, is it CompuLink? What what is what is the time? Yeah. Time? Remember that Thank you Com time or CompuLink? Yeah. Remember that conversation where we had where it takes some testing. And you yeah, gotta fail yeah. forward. Well, I'm gonna tell you, I'm I'm calling it right here. You guys, probably a lot of you are on the same mind frame as me already. A Tesla is a computer. It is a big old computer. Yes, it has wheels. Yes, it has an engine in it. Yes, it runs on electric. But the main function of that car is computer. When you throw MSD, when you throw race pack, when you throw any other computers on top of that computer, you will be working with a robot car. That's what it's going to be. Robots can do the same thing over and over and over and over again without failure. There had better Maybe be some serious restrictions, tree, some serious restrictions on these electric cars, especially well, in bracket racing. So top, it was top fuel fan, wasn't it? Right. We're going to have that. We'll have a whole stream on that that I'm pretty sure there's a lot more people who are going to uh, chime in on that. Those, one those thing, electric cars going to get us. I really don't think that uh, – I really don't think they're going to take off in bracket racing because, number one, I think they're going to be too expensive. Number two, yeah. I don't really think a lot of bracket racers like them because I, a lot of us – a lot of us like to 
mess with our cars and learn about our cars and fix them and do stuff ourselves and and like the rumble of the car and you know it's just it's not the same man like it is impressive i will say that it is impressive what the car did because uh, i think it ran like 830 something or 60 something something like that right. and i mean that's impressive uh but it's it's just not the same and the only upside of that is rex simmermaker said it fast brackets podcast if you like top dragster and top sportsman that's thing to listen to but if uh what he said the only the only high point that he can see from electric cars you could race them in a dome hmm. but the downside to that is you got to own a dome or rent a dome and that's going to be a lot more expensive than laying asphalt down a cornfield <laughs> right right let's see we got a couple more here uh well i guess not uh, a couple i thought we had a couple more comments there but no nah, man um definitely we'll uh we'll have to dedicate and then um advertise that we're going to have a conversation about electric cars i want that to be a huge stream and it i want it to be more so to be like a meeting of the minds to where we can have uh, a lot of dialogue on what electronic electric cars can do to the state of racket racing I think you're right to say that it's going to cost quite a bit of money to make a Tesla number one or what, hundred grand in the first place. So it's going to cost quite a bit of money to get a Tesla into in something that's just going to be a bracket car. Well, I think in 2022, NHRA is going to open their own class for them. Right. Yeah, of course, but I mean, it's class racing, though. That's totally right. fine by me. Go, go right. do some class racing. I want to talk about strictly bracket racing with that because and if it's class racing now I didn't think about that I thought that they meant that's their own category for all electric vehicles but if you're talking about interim say in super stock that is a bracket race so that ain't fair it's true it's a bracket race and that's going to be a computer and, and, and it's not fair because the other car can't do what that Tesla is going to be able to do right it is what not it crystal. is it is what it is so I don't right. know. It's definitely going to be worth talking about here real soon. I do think we should do our our research on that. Nobody will care until somebody starts winning with an EV. Jim, you're right. Jim Bowker, you're right. A hundred percent there. The moment one of those electronic vehicles wins a race, somebody's going to really care. But the yep. hard part is if you don't see it coming, man, it's going to hit us like a storm if we don't see it coming. And, and here's a question, George. If if you're at a foot brake race and it says no electronics on the flyer, how can you run an electric vehicle? Good point. <laughs> good, you know? good question. Good question. It's got electric in the name. Good question. I got a I got a good quote, a good comment from Kenny Oliver here. He says maybe the plus side on electric will be less curfew rules for late night races. Yeah, that's gonna work that's for true. sure. You'll never hear a testimony on dang track. We hear a little yeah. whistle or a wheeze or something, and that's about then, it. Then they'll, then they'll just say that the lights are in their eyes. <laughs> oh, man. So, now, guys, before we get out of here, as always, thank you guys for being the most important part of the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel. Be sure to invite a friend or two over to the channel to subscribe. Uh, check in on the next, next stream. I have no idea what we're going to have going on next Tuesday, but I'm sure it's going to be interesting. Uh, Casey, what you got going on? Not a lot, man. Just saw a whole lot of new people in here. So uh, everybody keep on coming back. Hit the subscribe button. If you hadn't already, hit it over there on the YouTube channel. Like and follow the Facebook page. We're here every Tuesday for you at 5 Eastern, 4 Central. And uh, just always come and check out Going Bracket Racing. Check out SpeedShark.com if you want shirts, hats, anything like that. 
And uh, other than that, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Hey, hey, above, before we go, big shout out, big shout out to the photo guys we got here now. Uh, Mr. Robert Richard Photography. I do think he's out of Ohio, but he's got, man, he's got so many photos and he wanted to come on board and, and be a photographer for the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel. Big shout out to you, Robert. Uh, I'll be sure and get the photo credit. I've got your uh, your uh, information coming up soon. Guys, for now, we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Thanks for joining us.